You're listening to The Bridge, a podcast on stories of courage, resilience, and innovation with me, Linda Fadrizi Williams, the president of Central Penn College. Welcome back to The Bridge Podcast, a podcast focused on stories of resiliency and change. I am your host, Dr. Linda Fadrizi Williams, the president of Central Penn College. In our last episode, I spoke with Michael Fedor, the vice president of advancement and strategic initiatives at Central Penn College. We talked a lot about the departments Michael oversees at the college and some new initiatives coming in 2021. Today, Michael and I will dive more into resiliency and business innovation. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. Michael, welcome back to the Bridge Podcast. Thanks for having me back. Good to see you. It's good to see you as well. You're all warmed up from the first podcast, I so am. you're ready to go. Here we, here we go. All right. So we talked a lot about um, what you've established in the new Advancement Office of Advancement and Strategic Initiatives um, and what you've done in 2020. So first off, lessons that you learned from 2020 that are going to be instrumental in 2021. Uh, so we, we we said early, and I think it proved to be true, build on strong foundations. Mm-hmm. Don't just try to go way out there and try all these new things. Figure out what you're already doing well and start there. Build on the, the existing strength. Good advice. So that's definitely a lesson learned. Um, two, I think we can think bigger and bolder. We set some goals that we like easily surpassed in 2020. So when we think about 2021, we need to push ourselves. We yeah. need to like not undervalue what we bring to the table for this community, this region, what kind of capacity we have to do things. So uh, I'm going to be pushing the team to, to set some higher goals. And that's uncomfortable for people. Yeah, they get it, nervous. But that's where you that's where you make change. It's how you grow. It's how you grow. You know you know. I like calendars, and every day I, I go through these page-a-day calendars, and the, the one this morning said, it's, it's supposed to be hard. If it was easy, everybody would do it. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, you know, this is this is supposed to be difficult to get all these things off the ground, and we're doing Didn't it. Didn't I? So. Was that one that you showed me, or did I tell you that airplanes take off into the wind, not with it? Like that's. I think you told me that. Yeah, see, you told you told me that. You have to go after there's a the lot hard of them. stuff. There is. Yeah, there's a lot like that, and that keeps you motivated. So, yep. what else did you learn this year? I think I learned that yeah, I have to. I have to delegate more. I have to give people more opportunity to, you know, to to own things because I'm a doer. I like to, you know, jump in and do things, get it done. And, you know, one day I was working on like writing emails and someone's like, Michael, why are you doing that? There's other members of the team that can handle that stuff. So that's an opportunity for me to learn that like, yes, time to take a step back. Let others do their... Important lesson. Yeah. Let them do it. Let them see their way of doing it. Right. And we will be able to do so much more, I think. so. I totally agree with that. So tell us tell us some of the initiatives that you expect the Advancement Office to roll out in 2021. What are some of the big things? So we're going to have a new uh, Central Penn College Gives Back initiative. We'll know what that is early in 2021. I'm excited about the opportunities. And if anybody has some ideas for our community, way a, a nonprofit that we could help support, we'd love to hear from you because um, we're looking for opportunities to have that local impact. I think we're going to see our partnerships really increase mm. in 2021. Mm-hmm. Both in our corporate education programming, I think we're seeing more companies um, coming on board and having us do these customized certificates and education programs in their workplaces or doing it remote with them. Right. I also right. think we're going to see more partners taking advantage of the Partners Program, which is a program our office administers that offers scholarships to um, employees who are you know furthering their education and provide some additional benefits back to the company by becoming a partner with the college. So I could see that growth happening. And then there's some new initiatives like the President's Society I think we're going to pursue to try to 
you know, cultivate and build this this college's long-term financial health. And mm-hmm. um, I want to get us to start planning on, like, what's the next building we're going to fundraise to build here? It's been a long time since something new has been built on campus. It's been a little while. Yeah. So we need to do some new things here and keep it fresh. There's some things, uh, you know, events and conference services, God willing, a uh, pandemic gets behind us, the vaccine works, I then I, I think that'd be a major part of what's new in, in 2021 for the office. And I love all those green charts we have of all the objectives we completed in the strategic plan. <laughs> right. I think 2021 will be more of those yeah. bright green charts of all the objectives we got done because we, we've demonstrated even in a pandemic we can get the strategic plan accomplished. So I think that's also going to be part of 2021. And I think patience is key when it comes to strategic planning because you mentioned it before. It's about setting the foundation. So 2020 for the college was getting everything lined up, putting everything in place. And people want to see something immediately happen with a snap of your fingers, but you have to plan it. You have to be deliberate about it. So 2021 is the year where all of this planning that we did in 2020 and all the pieces we put into place finally happening. Yeah, it's the year of new investments in 2021. Right. So right. um so we we talked about reforming and building our alumni association in 2021. We take the first steps to do that. We've already started um talking and planning about way that the alumni association is going to be different this coming year right. and some new programming we're going to do and really cool homecoming we're going to have in the fall and uh, we're revising Pendulum Magazine. Uh, it's going to be three editions a year and going to have a lot more really cool articles and some digital stories. And so, yeah. It's exciting. It is. Yeah, our graduates have done some remarkable things. Our students do remarkable things. So be able, so to be able to share more of those stories with our community, I think our community would be really impressed at the good that our students and alumni do in this area. Well, here's a challenge. Like if you're listening to this podcast, I want you to go to work or go uh, talk to a family member tonight or tomorrow and say, hey, do you know anybody who graduated from Central Penn? And I guarantee <laughs> Guaranteed. you, you will know somebody or yeah. they will know somebody. Yeah. We're going to find a way to integrate that story into what we do in the advancement office because everyone either works with or knows a Central Penn alum. Tell everyone your first connection with Central Penn College about your son. Yeah. This is the greatest story. So my wife, Serena, worked at a firm that was doing your marketing long time ago. And uh, this was this would have been now 10 years ago. Okay. And they needed an extra for uh, a commercial about Central Penn, talking about how, like, you know, you could be a working parent and have this life balance. Sure, which is so true. And my wife was, like, volunteered our son, Jackson, to <laughs> be in the photo shoot, be in the commercial, actually. So your son was in a Central Penn college so Jackson commercial. was a star in, uh, I guess that would have been 2010. That's funny. And then, you know what's really funny? I'm working on my basement in the pandemic, locked away. <laughs> And I was like clearing out old boxes and I found the photography from that commercial. That's wild. It was so wild. It was like full circle. Does your family think it's like, does your son specifically think it's pretty cool that now the commercial he starred in, his dad works as a VP here? Yeah. Uh, nothing you know, impressed. They don't really, yeah. Nothing impressed. Care. No, I don't impress him. No. Is your wife impressed that 10 years ago? <laughs> <laughs> She's excited that I've got stable work. Let's be clear. Right, I was an entrepreneur for you a number were, of years. You were an entrepreneur. We're going to talk about that too. Yeah. Um, you mentioned a lot of partnerships and, and ways that businesses and organizations can work with the college. So what are some ways that they can work with us? What are ways that they can contact you? How can how can they become more part of our culture here? Absolutely. So number one, we really value uh, our corporate partners, the ones who've been with us for a long, long time. We're always looking for ways to uh, fund new scholarships, mm-hmm. uh, either with the college or with the Education Foundation. Uh, both are opportunities to you know ensure that the college remains affordable, and we can do that through more 
scholarship opportunities for our students. We're also looking to, you know, expand our programming and, and by having more of our partners from the community sponsor diversity forums, um, sponsor programming here on campus, use our campus as a resource to do more programming yeah. for the community, for businesses, for them, for their employees. We have some great gathering spaces that Beautiful are indoor space. and outdoor. We have a conference and events uh, center. Uh, there's not many in the region where we are. With parking. With like we have. Free parking. Free parking. Yeah. yeah. No, West Shores, in, we live in Cumberland County, and Cumberland County does not have a real robust conference and events um, backbone here. And so we do have a conference and events center, and I would love to see um, more uh, companies come in and take advantage of not only that, but we have some capacity in our housing. And you could definitely do like a, an overnight or a two-night conference here at our campus with right. your company. So we'd love to see that happen as well. Um, sponsorship opportunities like this podcast, ads, commercials, those sure. types of things, and Pendulum Magazine. These are all ways that the you can show your support for Central Penn and what, what our mission is by That's joining right. us and keeping this program these programs alive. And how do they contact you? Uh, they can write to impact at centralpen.edu. That's one way. They can also just call uh, the advancement office, uh, 717-728-2333. And uh, they can get, that's my direct line. So you can get a hold of us and uh, let us know you've got an idea. That's exactly how so many of what we're, things we're doing right now has happened because you know someone just reached out to the college. That's really true. We're, we're about to start a new Optech program. And that started because someone's doctor, optometrist, had said, we are in dire need of optics. And, you, the, you know, the college had a program a while ago. Is it something you can bring back? So it's something we're bringing back next year. So that's always, we, are, we want to be very responsive to what this community needs. So that's another way to get in touch with us. Let us know what you need. Because our programming is career focused, it really speaks to the needs of, of the business community, exactly. the nonprofit community in this region, <laughs> even government, local government. There are things that are part of the core part of our academic programs that are skills, knowledge, uh, training that would be super applicable and useful to to local government, to state government, to small business entrepreneurs with two employees or major employers in this region with a thousand employees. They, I think we speak to all of those, their, their interests and needs. Agreed. All right, Michael, we're going to switch gears a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit about business, resiliency in business. So prior to coming to Central Penn College, you were a small business owner. You were a consultant, a community leader. What advice would you give a small business leader right now that's trying to weather the upheaval of this pandemic, well, which it, is a major it is. challenge? And, and I'm, not, uh, I'm not trying to predict the future. Uh, and I know that there's a lot of hardship right now. Yeah. And so I, my first advice would be advice I would have given had I, you know, remained a uh, political leader. It would be, you know, reach out and let people know what your needs are. Because sure. I think there are a lot of programs that are underutilized at the state, federal, and local levels because there's not enough people out there trying to connect the dots in the community and say, hey, does your business need a, uh, a bridge loan? Does your business need more training, support? Can we connect you to uh, a food pantry? You know, there's right. all these different opportunities. So number one, tell someone you have a need and reach out to your local state rep, your local state senator. I think those are great offices to reach out to. They're very service-oriented, constituent. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think they're definitely going to you know, want to help you. So I think that's the first thing I would do. Number two, I would think about trying to innovate about you know, whatever it is you're doing right now. How can you serve long-term the remote economy that has emerged in, yeah. the, in the United States? I don't think that remote economy is going to go away. It's, it's really not. I mean, I love movie theaters. 
but I don't think we're going to see really robust movie theaters ever really come back the way they used to be. I know that's heartbreaking to don't hear. Don't say that. I just, I don't see it. I think that people, when you talk about the on-demand culture we're in, yeah. if they, if movie studios can truly find a way to keep it profitable, they would just as soon release them direct to you at home and you can stay at home and watch your movies. Yeah, but don't underestimate experiences. That's and true. people are missing experiences. Well, that was the other thing I was going to mention to th- today about this question here is, experiential learning is what we're about here at Central Penn. And I think that if you are in a business right now, thinking about the experience you're offering, your patrons, your customers, is just as important as the product itself. It really is. Now you put the pandemic, it's going to be around, let's say, another six to nine months, so you're still some degree of social distancing and remoteness. I think think about that experience. Think about what does it mean that you can get a pizza, a pizza anywhere what about why your place? What's the experience like that you're giving to the customers? I think that's key if you're a small business owner. And maybe the last piece of advice is, you know, it's important to look outward at those customers, but look yeah. inward too. Look at how you're caring for yourself. Look at how mm. you're caring for your employees. Check in on their health. Find out, you know, mentally. And I think there's been a lot of big time um, exclamation points put about mental health in the U.S. as a result of this pandemic and the lockdowns. It's important as an as a business owner to check in on the people who work for you, find out you know is there more that they might need? Is there some some care that you can provide and help, even if it's an open ear mm-hmm. to you know what they're facing and how to make sure that they're okay? It's really important. That's great advice, and and this is similar, but there are a lot of people who've been displaced or people who've left their jobs. Some people are starting a business during this time. How do you start a business from scratch? I mean, you did that. Yeah. And then put the global pandemic spin on top of it. I think you, number one, make sure you're at, you're really uh, fulfilling a need. Know what is that need that you're trying to fulfill or meet, the unmet need in the marketplace. Or if you're trying to meet the need that's already being met, how are you going to be doing it better than someone else who's already in the market trying to do it? There's a you know, million pizza places in the region. What's going to make your pizza place better? Right. There's lots of you know, communications consultants out there, why is your communication consulting going to be different or better? I think that's the first question you try to ask. Um, I think it also makes, you have to have a good plan. A good planning is essential. You need to really know what the market is, who your customers are that you're going after, how will you reach them? Good planning is more important than, you know, having 10 or 15 or $20,000 at times because, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs who've got cash, and blow it and 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 just collapse because they had no plan. Right, right. So I think good planning is essential. If one of my mentors said, uh, plan the work, work the plan. I think that is uh, something that rings true for me every single day I go to work, and I think it's true for every entrepreneur who's trying to start a business right now. That's great advice. We'll be right back after these messages. This episode will continue in a moment, but first... We all know that affording college can be a challenge. Since 2004, the Central Penn College Education Foundation has been working to help students at Central Penn invest in their futures with scholarships and support. Through the generous support of foundations and individuals like you, Central Penn College Education Foundation continues to impact the lives of today's students at the college. During the holiday season, our Rise and Shine campaign has kicked off to invite you to join that story. 
check out www.centralpen.edu slash education foundation to make your pledge now to support funding student scholarships at Central Penn. Together, we can help these students rise to achieve their goals and shine in their careers. And you, I mean, you were someone who had a successful business, leadership development for organizations, strategic planning for organizations, consultant, yet you chose to shelf that for a little bit and come work for Central Penn College. So I'm curious what drew you to this college. You know, I think it comes back to the mission here, and it speaks to my experience growing up being in a, from a very working-class family and coming f- being the first to go to college. It was no small deal that, right. uh, that I did that and that um, my brother did it too. And um, we did it despite not knowing a whole lot about college yeah. and about student loans or any of that. So to think about who we try to serve here at Central Penn, um, we try to serve people who um, need a second chance, mm-hmm. who may not have been successful their first go-around in higher ed, um, or who are looking to change their lives by earning that credential or that degree or that certificate to move from maybe just barely making it in the working class to f- feeling comfortable that they can have a little bit of extra money after the bills are paid that yeah. week. That really speaks to me. It's it's very important. And because this college is in my backyard, it also really matters a lot to me that it'd be successful. I was also, you know, just working with the people here during the strategic planning process, became very invested in them as individuals and their success. And I wanted to make sure that they were going to have all the tools they needed to survive and succeed. And it's a rough time in higher ed. It is. So, it, it, you know, I was happy to jump in the boat and grab an oar. Yeah. And we, we were so happy that you applied and, you know, you were hired as much to make changes here internally as, as well as externally. So we hired you for advancement and strategic initiatives, but it was a lot of your leadership skills, a lot of your teaching and your workshops for our employees, because we want to be able to provide that type of development for them too. So it was a good fit. So we're glad, we're glad you're here. Well, thanks. I'm super thrilled to be here. And, you (laughs) know, I'm surprised that it didn't occur to me at some point to be more involved in higher ed because I just, I always, I love my experience in college. And I, as you know, started my my career as a teacher. I was going to say you were a teacher. You were an English, uh, not professor, but you were an English teacher. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I was like John Keating from like Dead Poets Society, like standing on desks, like teaching kids to think creatively, think for right. yourself. So it's, it's in your blood to be an educator. Yeah. It, and so to, to, to come full circle and now to have, um, you know, had 20 years of experience and then to now, you know, bring that back to education, it feels really exciting. And despite all the challenge of higher ed right now, I'm actually super excited to be here and be part of trying to figure it out, reinvent, because there's a lot of reinvention that's going to have to happen in the true. next decade. Very true. So, Michael, you're a husband, a father to three very active boys, two a little bit crazy dogs. <laughs> you're a yeah. Boy Scout dad and leader. You run one of the biggest offices at the college. How do you balance all of those roles? Uh, see the gray hair? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have an amazing support network. My wife, I could not do it without her. Uh, we are partners. Um, she is there to make sure that the times when I need a little more uh, grace at home, she's very forgiving and thoughtful mm-hmm. to give the extra grace. And we, we have to, she's a career woman herself. So there's times sure. I have to pick up. I think you have to be passionate about what you're doing. Uh, that keeps you motivated. I think the pandemic has also taught me to pare down, yeah. you know, 
bring down to what really matters. All the extra stuff is nice to do, but not necessary. And so I think as being a, a better dad every single day, I try to wake up and do better at being a dad and being a husband. I think you have to figure out how can I be a little more intentional with my time today? I think the same is true at work. How yeah. can I be a little more intentional in this meeting? Not right. multitask and not not pay attention. I need to listen and be responsive. Um, I think that's that's very 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 important. I think the um, the other thing here is you got to have long term long term vision. Like why why are you in this? What is it What is it about? Like why are you a father? Why why are you involved? It's you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to the day when we we break ground on that new academic building or we yeah. break ground on that new, net, uh, new student athletic center. So that's that motivation that there are these really promising, exciting things to come. That gets you through the hard days. That's a great answer. And I want to talk to you a little bit about something that I learned when studying in my doctoral program. It's a concept called interrole conflict. And it's an idea that all of a person's individual roles, and I just listed off, and that's not even all of them. I know you're a son and a brother and a friend, right? So you have all these additional roles. But all these individual roles that people have sometimes conflict with each other. It's especially prevalent in women. It does happen in men, but for women, it's a real struggle. So for example, let's say that a working mom's son has a soccer game, or actually let's use lacrosse since my boys play lacrosse. (laughs) Working mom has a lacrosse, you know, son has a lacrosse game. And while she's at the field, she's checking her email because she feels like she's at the field, but she really needs to be checking her email because that's such an important part of her life. And then maybe if she's at work, she's missing her child or feeling guilty that she's at work. So she might be looking on Schoology, which is a platform. If you're a parent in this area, you know, your teacher can post pictures of your child, right? Have you ever experienced interrole conflict? And if so, how do you how do you deal with that? Yeah, boy, that's, I think it's prevalent every single day. Yeah, you know, and I think especially because uh, lives have changed so dramatically in the past thirty years from when our parents were parenting, not mm-hmm. grandparenting. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of were always doing the one role, but now with um, you know digital media with cell phones. Uh, at any second, constant, I can jump back into any of those other roles. That's right. So I think this requires a level of flexibility uh, of mind and a flexibility of spirit that you have to give yourself the grace for. That if you feel that guilt, then it's okay. That's it's pulling you in that direction for a reason. So lean into that. Do check that email and make sure that everything's okay. And then once you're confirmed that it is, put exactly it, put it down. Exactly. <laughs> and get back yeah. to being present for the other people. I think the biggest thing that I've also had to learn is. Uh, and maybe I didn't learn it until recently, is do not allow those things that come into your life and that you take on as roles to replace the things that are truly important and most mm. important. Because for my kids especially, uh, I had um, Joe. Uh, Joe lives locally. Joe was a, a union organizer who uh, was a mentor for me. Um, I think that uh, he might even have some connections to Central Penn. And he said, you know what? They won't remember the soccer games you were at, but they'll remember the ones you missed. Yeah, I've heard that before. And uh, I was like, damn, Joe is right. So you have to like, you have to really think carefully about what you make a priority. And listen, I'm no saint. I don't get it right all the time. But, you know, at least you're aware and trying to figure out how you navigate it. And give yourself a little grace, too, and a little breathing room. I used to beat myself up over those things. And I remember, so the women that I interviewed that were college presidents and had kids, they all felt this... excruciating guilt 
about not always being there for their kids. And by being there, it might be missing a soccer game, right? Missing a lacrosse game. And I remember carrying that guilt for so long. And I said something, I said something to one of my kids and it was when I was receiving my doctorate degree and my son, Jake, who at the time was seven or eight years old was crying. Like when I, when I received it and I walked over to him and I said, buddy, what is it? He said, mommy, I'm so proud of you. And I'm so proud that you're my mommy. And I, like all those years, I felt so guilty for studying, you know, while they're sleeping and writing papers while they're playing. And then you realize, no, you're setting an example too. So sometimes we're a little bit hard on ourselves. And I think you, you need to give yourself a little grace, a little grace too. That's good advice. And I think about my parents and what it comes to mind is like, my dad never stopped moving. Like he was always working. Mine still doesn't. He's 78. Mine too. And he's almost 70. (laughs) But I, I think that, that some of that is carried over mm. at times. And so, you know, what I'm hoping I'm teaching my kids is, like, if you don't know how to do something, learn how to do it and try to do it yourself if you can. Like, there's some real value to that sure. in that type of, you know, can-do attitude. Um, I also feel like um, I never saw my dad bake or cook growing up, but my kids see me do that all the time. Right. So that there's important ways that I'm both trying to carry on good traditions, but also break some stereotypes and break some gender roles at times. You're too. very intentional with that. I see you with your sons and you're very intentional with that. And that's, Thank you. that's really noticeable. Um, so for the average person, and as much as we're so- saying we love our kids and we love being parents, working from home, <laughs> I knew you were kids go in there. the background, kids screaming, interrupting, dogs walking in, how do you possibly find balance and satisfaction and not feel burned out when you have to work remotely? I, this is like everyone is, is struggling with this question right now. And I think that um, some, of the, some of the anxiety people feel is from the belief that they can't be real. They can't show mm. that they are a parent whose kid screams at them. Like we all want to act like our kids are perfect and they and they come in the room and be like, dear father, may I go outside and play? Not like throwing the iPad at you, screaming that they want more time. Like that's absolutely the reality. So uh, I think we'll need to be a little more real with one another. I think we would save ourselves a lot of heartache if we just did that. I think it's also really, really important to find uh, some time to recharge um, yeah. because it is intense to sit in front of a computer terminal or a camera for eight hours. Uh, I think we have all experienced this too. It's the way that your day gets scheduled sometimes. It is no two hours are the same topic or the same work. And you might spend eight hours in meetings and discussions and not have done any actual of your job, like it's the tough. work part of yeah. it. So I think that that also factors in and that feeling of burnout that there's like – that there's no end in sight <laughs> that you can, you know, the work will always continue. Yeah. You know, the other part of it too, I think that we all saw this in the early part of the pandemic. Everyone is super excited to be at home, that they were going to be all super productive. Uh, initially, it was make great. All these to do lists and look at this, no one's interrupting me. And then, then they went into overload. They were, became way too ambitious, put too many things on their list, yeah. and then start to drown. Uh, and then all of a sudden, oh, their spouse, their, partner, their children are also now locked in at home and no one's being productive. Yeah. So I think the, the tw- for 2021, I think the lesson is, you know, how can you uh, embrace the chaos and, and be okay with the chaos that is your life? So is that your resolution? Because the, this is one of the last questions. We're getting close to time here. 
2020 was such a difficult year for so many people. Um, most of us had a lot of time alone, a lot of time to reflect on our lives, a lot of time to reflect on where we're at and your careers. And we don't normally have the capacity to do that kind of reflection. So to have it was new for a lot of people. And listeners that are listening to this episode might be planning for 2021. And what is it that they're going to focus on? What's your resolution for 2021? What are you looking to do better in 2021? Uh, just what I said. I think my wife thinks I don't listen. And she, and she would uh, <laughs> think that nine times out of ten I don't hear her. And sometimes my hearing is bad. Um, but she said to me recently, like I was getting upset about something at Thanksgiving. Your hearing is bad or you don't listen? Both. Okay. All right. It's <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> but um, she said something like, Michael, like this is our life. It is chaotic. You have to not get upset about it. You just need to embrace it. Mm. I really want to live that. And I, I have made it intentional since Thanksgiving to like not be upset and, you know, be calm and, you know, when they're my three boys are going totally berserk. You know, I don't need to add to it by going crazy too. And I've found so much more peace. Yeah. And I think that yeah. that I want my kids to remember me as a loving father, not as the guy who got upset all the time. So that's my my resolution. It's a Embrace good resolution. It's a good resolution. Thanks. All right. So we. What's your resolution? I knew you were going to ask that. I don't listen. I. It's to get through the term first. All right, I want to get through the, the end of 2020, and then I can think about a resolution. But no, I, I could tell you what, for me, and I, I do this every year, but this year I've been really intentional too, to be more present. I am such a future-oriented person. I am a planner. You both know that. You yeah. know how I got with this podcast, right? I, I need things thought out ahead of time, weeks in advance. Um, I'm trying to be more intentional about being in the moment and oh. being more more deliberate in the conversations I'm having, listening more openly and not being so intent on the future, which I've been forced to do this year because with the pandemic, so much is uncertain that if you're just thinking about the future constantly, it can be difficult. Yeah. And a lot less disappointment in life, right? Because the things right. that don't happen, you don't get all so wound up about them. But I still like I still like a good plan. Yes, I'm with you. All right. So we're going to end each episode of the podcast with rapid fire questions. Okay. All right. So we're looking for quick, top of your head responses. It's okay. nothing crazy, so don't get nervous. All right. But first things that come to mind, okay? All right. So number one, top song, group, or artist on your playlist right now? Uh, Huey Lewis in the news. I listen to them while I'm working on my basement. I'm a child of that the 80s. That dates you. Yes. Oh, well. Our students are going, who's that? My brother, if he ever listens to the episode, will be like, yes! He remembers when we saw them in concert at Three Rivers. I, so. I do love me some 80s music. All right. Number two, dog or cat? Dog. I'm trying to get uh, Serena to agree to a new a new Labrador, but it's been a you hard fight. You have two dogs and I have, three sons. Have, what are you thinking? I have two dogs that are basically cats in dog suits. I have a pug and a Boston Terrier. They don't function like real dogs. I want a real dog that goes hunting with me, that goes boating with oh, me. Oh, you want an Oakley, the Weimariner. I want a real dog. Yeah. They are pretty spectacular. Yeah. All right. Number three, best thing that happened to you this month? Um, I'd say that I feel like uh, some, some good results have happened. Our country's going to take some good new direction. I'm excited about that next year. All right. Good. Favorite beverage? Uh, favorite beverage, coffee. I knew you were going to say I coffee. drink a lot you do. of coffee. I thought I did, and then I met you. Yes. <laughs> I drink a lot in the morning, but you drink it all day. I used to drink it up to like 11 o'clock at night, but not anymore. Yeah, so that's I backed crazy. Off. Now it's 7 p.m. is my, my break off. That's still late. All right. Finally, best piece of advice for a Central Penn College student? You know, stick to it. That it's easy after um, the first time you get knocked down to be like, you know, 
the heck with this. This wasn't what I was supposed to do. So many times yeah. I have I have had that happen to me, and it is the person who, upon being knocked down, who stands up again and goes right back in. Those are the people I really think are, understand what life's about. And that's my advice here: is you know you're going to have a bad term, you're going to have a bad class, you're going to financial aid's not going to come in the way you always want it because it's not just us in control; it's the federal government right, too. Right. You got to be resilient. You got to stick to it. You really got to charge ahead. If you do that, when you think long term, you make a plan, the payoff's going to be huge. And you'll be so thankful that you had the courage and the determination to stick to it. And that's the power of resiliency and the whole point of this podcast. So thank you. That's a great way to wrap it up. Thank you for being my second guest ever. Thanks on the for Bridge having podcast. me. You're it's welcome. so excited. And for anyone, again, who wants to get in touch with Michael, talk about some of these partnerships that we talked about, let them know where they can reach you one more time. Uh, you can reach me at impact at centralpen.edu. Uh, check out the advancement page on centralpen.edu website. Uh, and I'm super available all the time. My contact information is on the website, so check us out there. Thank you again. And one more time, this is Dr. Linda Fidrizi, Central Penn College President with The Bridge. That brings us to the end of this week's episode of The Bridge Podcast. Join us on the next episode where President Fadrizi Williams speaks with Central Penn College alum and board member Dwight Utz about his attendance at Central Penn College 50 years ago and the changes to the college since then and those planned for the future. If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a great rating on your favorite podcast service. The Bridge is available on Apple iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Podcasts. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss future episodes of The Bridge, stories of resilience, courage, and innovation with Dr. Linda Fadrizi-Williams. We'll see you next time.